You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Time for Geeks Pub. I'm Tim Robertson, and that's David Cohen on the other side of the microphone. Hey, David. Hello. How are you? Good. You sound Good. Uh, audible, audibly much better this week. Changes, changes are being made. Changes... Things are improving. It only took them 10 years to get a decent mic, so... You know what? The, the thing is, I have a very good um, uh, condenser microphone, but it's been... Since I moved to this new house, spit packed or in the garage, I still haven't found it yet, so... I bought a new one. And how long have you been in the new house? Uh, nearly five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. Sometimes the jokes write themselves, David. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. So, I've been, uh, I've been doing a lot of... Back in the day, we'd call it TiVoing. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we don't do that anymore. I know TiVo, TiVo still exists, but who cares? You know what? Be- before I moved to this house, I had um, uh, a Freeview uh, recorder. Freeview is like the is the major uh, digital aerial transmission system here in the UK, um, and so I had I had a Freeview recorder for that, so I could record stuff. Like it was like a TiVo, but it just recorded stuff directly off the air as as and when it happened. I never, I never unpacked it when we missed this house, and we've never missed it because nowadays you can normally stream that stuff off the internet if you miss something. Yeah, I learned something yesterday about streaming. Uh, I guess there's a Reddit groups, something Reddit blah 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 streaming. That if there's an event going on, somebody is streaming it there. I've heard of this, yes, hmm. uh, and they'll, they'll, it's better than playing the whack a mole thing with YouTube. Uh, where you know you try and find YouTube streams of it, and then YouTube cuts them off halfway through. Um, these guys tend to uh, be a bit more stable. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, not not strictly legal, of course, but they. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, there's not really anything out there streaming that I care about watching. So, did you watch the Super Bowl live last Sunday? Uh, I had it because I have um, Xfinity. Yeah. I can watch. You know, I can watch anything on my computer that I could watch on the television, including live channels, live TV. So I had it in a floating window and, uh, I watched most of it. I mean, did I see every single play? No, but I saw probably 90% of it while I was cool. doing other stuff. So because it's on so late here, uh, at least it's always on the, um, on the East coast. So it's not as bad, but so it starts here about half past 11 at night and then yeah. goes through to about three in the morning. I normally, uh, this, this year I wanted to watch the whole thing cause I could see the game was going to go down to the last quarter, but I just, I just couldn't hack it anymore. So after the halftime show, I went to bed. Yeah. Well, so, you know. the halftime show was, I don't know. It, it, I haven't seen that many butt shakes in a long time. <laughs> You say that like it's a bad thing. Well, it was so obviously lip sync. Yeah. And it was bad lip syncing. Well, I think the, the the other thing is you always you always tend to forget until it starts with the halftime show that it's only on for like 10, 15 minutes. And so whoever the artist is and the last few years they've been doing this thing where they have more than one artist, you know, you're not it's basically you're going to get a very quick medley of their biggest hits. Uh, along with a lot of dancing, and that's it. And yeah. actually, when you think about that, that's you know probably, that's, probably all we need. But the thing is, yeah. I, I I knew I know Lopez. Is that her name, Jennifer Lopez? Jennifer Lopez, yeah. I, I but I really don't know her music much. The other girl, Sharika, Shakira, Shakira. Shakira. I don't know her. You don't know her. No, she's, she's a massive star. But well, yeah. she's very cute. Um, she seems to have a lot of talent. Most of it seems to be in her butt. 
No, she's uh, she's a she's a great singer as well. Her, her songs are very successful, but uh, if you but, haven't heard them, you haven't heard them. Yeah, you know? but the whole thing was butt shaking, which hey, I'm a fan of. Don't get me wrong, but I'm yeah. just like, really, this is well, it. That, I still think the best uh, Super Bowl halftime thing was Prince. I mean, he came out and killed it, and it started pouring rain, and it yeah. wasn't lip syncing. He was he was doing all of that. Yeah, and it was it was still an amazing. Yeah, I, I think for next year it would be good if they got a band again, a band who will come out and they're obviously really playing their own instruments. Metallica. I mean, they had, they had uh, yeah, Metallica would be awesome. They, who was it last year? Was it Maroon 5? Yeah, they were so in fact, bad. It, it, well, not only that, you know, it was just the one guy kind of strutting about. It was the rest of the band kind of faded into the background. So, yeah. yeah, well, I think that's kind of their thing. Right. Anyways, let's uh, talk yeah. about some geeky stuff. Not not sports so much because we lose no, some geeky people. Sports maybe. can be geeky, but you know. nah. Well, maybe baseball when you're talking about how people study the analytics and all that, which it, just go get an algebra book book or something. Because uh, come on, <laughs> the funny the fun this this cheating scandal that's just come out though. What I found interesting there was a guy who went back and listened yeah. or, or looked at all the videos of the, of the games for that whole year. And he was a fan of the team accused cheating. And he basically picked out all the things where you can hear them pounding on the, on the trash can yeah. to signal their, uh, their batters, what pitch is coming. And you just, you listen to it and you think, how did nobody notice this? <laughs> well, somebody obviously did. They got busted for it. Well, event, yeah, but it was only after, a, what, it was about two years later? It was only because somebody, yeah. somebody went to the commissioner and said, oh, by the way, this was happening. Yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, and it cost some people their jobs, not the ones who were cheating, but it hurt stats of other people who, because they were cheating, didn't play as well. And, yeah. it, you know, they got let go from teams. So I, I can't stand cheating. Yeah. Why would Why would you do that? Yeah. Well, well, we know the reason why is money, but um, you know why would you why would you want to win on the back of cheating? It's not it's just not right. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Um, it, it is being a Detroit Lions fan. My team has never had success in my lifetime. Oh, well, maybe they need to cheat. And well, <laughs> they they had a player. Uh, he was probably one of the most dominant defensive players. At the time, named Indomica Sue. Mm-hmm. And he was a high draft pick. And I loved the guy at first. He destroyed offensive lines. I mean, he was a difference maker. If he was having a good game, there's no way the Lions are going to lose that game. I okay, mean, he was yeah. that dominant. The problem was he cheated all the time. Cheap blocks or cheap hits. Um, you can... You could go to YouTube and, and watch some of his more infamous things, stomping yeah. on other people's heads, and right. you know he he'd get fined. And I, I stopped being a fan of him, and I actually wanted the Lions to get rid of him. Now I wanted the Lions to win games, but I didn't yeah. want to root for a team who had a player that was that vicious, cruel, and cheats. Uh, and, and the problem then is you also think about well, so the coach sees this going on. What is he doing to stop it, or is he tacitly allowing it to happen? Well, he let, he allowed it to happen, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, when a, a team and a player doesn't have integrity, I'll be honest with you, I'm not as big of a fan as the Lions as I used to be. And, yeah. and a lot of that could be attributed to that, that mm-hmm. this guy was such a piece of shit that I, I, I couldn't root for my own team because 
man, this guy is just, he's a dirty player. And it kind of soured me, honestly, on the NFL as a whole, because if I'm not rooting for the Lions, I don't give a crap about the other teams. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyways, uh, I've been, like I said, I, I've been doing a lot of, uh, say, TiVoing, but, you know, it's Netflix and it's Amazon and it's YouTube and it's Disney Plus. And I found a new series on uh, on Apple, Apple TV Plus called Myths, Mythic Quest. Now, I thought Apple was going to release their their seasons one episode at a time, once a week. Mm-hmm. And then this one comes out, and they release the entire series all at once, which I actually like better, I'll be honest. I, I, like, I like the whole release it, and then it's good. But I yeah. also like it the other way. For, for instance, Picard, um, streaming on CBS All Access... I like it having it piecemeal because I get to absorb that one episode and think about it for a while before I'm on to the next. And yeah. uh, Picard has been great, uh, but we'll get to that in a minute because you have yeah. a deep cut, which I went past me. Yeah. Um, this Mythic Quest is based around a company who has the most successful multiplayer online game. It's kind of like Warriors and Wizards and stuff like that. Well, not so much wizards, but warriors and elves and dwarves and stuff like that. And they're a huge company, and it's kind of a slapstickish comedy, although, thank God, there's no laugh tracks. I can't take laugh tracks. Yeah. And I, it was pretty good. There, It was um, nine episodes. But realistically, it's eight episodes, because right in the middle, they have a standalone story. Uh, called a uh, a dark quiet death, and it's about this guy and a girl they meet at a video game store in the nineties, and she's saying how shitty all these games are, and he's a video game producer but not a very successful one, and the story skips ahead about ten years or so, fifteen years, right. Uh, and it shows the rise and fall of this couple and the company and the, and the game that they built. And it was so much better than the other eight episodes of this series. Yeah. I mean, it was so... I was blown away by how good it was. I wanted to follow these two characters. And you get to see them change and grow over the years. And they did a fantastic job of... Uh, establishing that time is passing, not just by putting the date up there, but just the way they act and the way they look and the way they change in a half hour. And the depth of the characters was so far and above everything else in the series that it made me like the series less because it's just not as good. They try to get into some deep emotional things with the regular cast, especially towards the end. And it just falls flat and doesn't work at all because you know they're not going to stick with it. And sure enough, they don't. Um, they're going to fall back onto the ha-ha comedy stuff. But the one episode right in the middle is so much better. And it shows what they could be doing. And I want more of that and less of this. Right. So I enjoyed it. Anybody that's looking for something to uh, to watch and you're a subscriber of Apple TV+, Plus. It, it, there's nine episodes. It and they actually at the very end call out something from that one episode. Right. They do tie it together, kind of. Um, but 
it's so much better than the rest of it. It's almost yeah. embarrassing. It's like, uh, ah. That's, that's, that's interesting because, you know, to, to do something completely different in the middle of a run. Right, maybe right that, in the middle. Maybe that's why they released it all in one go so that people could encounter that because sometimes, you know, they leave the best bits of a show till the end of the season then people sometimes won't get past the early bits. Because I watched the first four episodes and I was kind of into it and I was thinking, this is okay. I mean... I might as well watch it. I, I've been paying for Apple TV Plus, and I haven't watched anything in like a month. And I was actually seriously considering unsubscribing and just resubscribing when they come out with some new episodes or seasons because yeah. it's been few and far between anything that I've enjoyed, really. And then this hits, and I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. And I'm really into it, kind of. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. And then this episode starts. You know it's in the past, but it's whole different characters. And you're like, yeah, what are they doing? And then... It's so good. And I'm like, wow, I really enjoyed that episode. And then next one up, oh, back to these guys. Ugh. Okay. I will, I will, uh, I've got a flight to do next week, so I'll um, download the whole lot and watch it straight through. Yeah, I, you'll like it. I mean, it's not bad, but it could be a lot better. And mm. I'm curious why Apple would release, either stick with your, your model or don't. That, that was the thing that kind of perplexes me. Why would you release this series all in one go, and the other one, you're doing the weekly format thing, well, like I, the morning I th- show? I think I think they're they're trying to find what, what works best for them. Um, it's obvious they don't really have a plan, so they're throwing things at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot of haters out there for the Apple TV Plus service. I'm not one of them. I'm a subscriber. But I do think, and they have some really good content. I still haven't finished C. Uh, I've enjoyed what I've watched. I think I've watched four or five episodes, and I still have to go back and finish it. And I plan to, but every time I sit down and, and pull it up, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to watch that right now. Yeah. Um, whereas Picard is where we just finished what episode three? Or yeah. is it episode two? Episode three, and it's kind of crawling at a snail's pace, to be honest. It's like, oh, here we come on. Let's get going with yeah. this. But I'm enjoying it so much. This is so Star Trek. Well, it, it is. And and the thing is, is that rather than... Look, what they could have done with this um, is they could have had a, had the same story, but instead of um, everyone really not liking Picard anymore because of what he did, they could have had them go, well, okay, yeah, we hate what you did, but we'll give you a ship anyway, and then they get off to the races, out to space. Right. Instead, they've made it really, really hard for him to do what he wants to do. Right. Nobody believes him, yeah? He feels it's really important. He's got, he, he comes to a conclusion that, you know, he's been sat with his thumb up his ass for 10 years and he, and he, he regrets that he's even done that. So right at the start, you're throwing into him questioning the kind of the premise for the series in a way that, that's far more believable than just, well, well, yeah, he retired and he decided he didn't want to retire anymore. Yeah. They've, they've really put some, you know, some thought and some, and some motivation into everything that's going on. And that's why it's, it's, folding out very slowly but the thing is they are careful to have a little bit of action in every episode they've also got a separate subplot that you know is going to come together towards the end of the season that's also very intriguing uh, and and they, they bring it together but and and now they've introduced the the ship and the guy who's going to be his pilot and all this yeah Log- they went and got wolverine logan um to team with professor x because i'm sorry 
when he shows up and the guy's sitting on the bridge and he's sucking on a cigar, you couldn't look more like Logan at that it's, moment. It's if you certainly tried. true. But the thing is, rather than just going, oh, well, here's, you know, the roguish pilot who's always going to push to the edge, even though he says he doesn't want to, they spent a whole episode kind of giving him motivations as well. Yeah. It becomes clear from what you see of him during this episode. This is a guy who's also got his own issues and demons, and they're not just, you know, slapped on with a the label. They're actually, you know, I mean, the, the, you can tell the guy's really kind of messed up, the fact that he's got all these EMHs looking like him, like therapists. Yeah. And he, and he talks to them and lets them, you know, debate him. They're almost like his Jiminy Cricket on his shoulder, like his conscience. Until he's, he's done with it. Yeah, but it, it, I think it's really clever. And again, it, I, I immediately think, well, I'm far more invested in this guy. I want to find more about this guy's backstory rather than him just being the hotshot pilot who card impresses with the speech and the girl that he goes to that lives in the trailer park that of course is she's going to join his crew i don't find her that intriguing no well that that one was yeah that one was a little bit less well done because they focus more on the pilot in this episode and i know we're go ahead yeah she's 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 like the protege he let he let down isn't she yeah yeah I kind of liked the, uh, I don't want to spoil it for people, the girl in the first episode that yeah. kind of kicks it. And then now this other girl, she is the least interesting character to me. And I don't know if it's the writing or it's the actress herself. I just find her really, really boring every time she's on screen. Yeah. Uh, the first one I liked because she's on the run and you see some badassery from her at the beginning, but... But this other one is just boring as hell. Well, I don't care yeah, about her. I, I can imagine it's a slow burn, and at some point she's become far more aware of yes. what's going on, and, and hopefully she'll become more interesting then. I think the problem is is she's in a very, you know, uh, uh, it's the the environment they've, they've set that story in is it's a little bit, we're all a little bit clueless about what exactly is going on there. And this um, is where we come in with your deep cut, which I yeah. did not catch the first time yeah. that she's on this Borg cube and this ex Borg uh, is there and he's in charge of the reclamation process. That's right. And I saw him and I thought, I recognize that guy, but I don't know where from. And you know, you see that a lot and like, you get a lot of people who, play character actor type roles and i figured you know he he kind of looks a little bit like carl mcclachlan yes he does yeah so uh I'm, i was wondering whether it was that anyway at one point she spins out his name and i knew exactly who it was and i texted it to you and you went what yeah <laughs> and then i sent you so this is a character from the original star trek next generation who was depicted in the next generation as a borg yeah, they captured this guy. They kept, well, they, yeah, they find him and they, yeah. they effectively disconnect him from the collective. It was like a prototype for Seven of Nine. Yes. Yeah, they disconnect him from the collective and allow him to discover his own individuality. And then he, he appeared two or three more times in, in uh, he was, I think he was hooked up with Data's brother at one point. Uh, as a semi-bad guy, yeah. And and they called him Hugh. He was he was three of five or something like that. And they said, oh, that's, uh, Geordie says, that's not a good name. I'm going to call you Hugh. Uh, and then turns out hugh is running this project there in the future um so and i, I like the episode with hugh because he was almost childlike yeah that's right yeah fish out of water i have everybody loves fish out of water stories yeah and that was one of my favorite next gen so i'm surprised i didn't catch on that that was the same guy and yeah. i love that they have a deep cut like that that's yeah. fantastic yeah. i mean that, they've that, got that, that, they've got 35 years worth of 
stuff that they can pull from. I don't want too much of it, but in this yeah. case, it makes perfect sense that he would be that guy. Yeah, the, the oldest Federation kind of good Borg they've got would would be a natural to be head But he's be not Federation, up. is he? Yeah, well, he, he came from the Federation, but it would be natural in that universe for, to be the yeah. guy you want to do Borg Reclamation. Um, though I'm, I'm, it's pretty unclear what they're doing, and they're just harvesting the parts and killing killing the organics. I mean, that seems a bit, you know... Uh, or maybe they could, some of them they can only rescue. We we need to find out more about that. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. It's yeah. So that's a great series so far. I am really really enjoying it, and it did kind of make me wonder about Star Wars. And I'm not saying that that CBS has a an overarching plan for the Star Trek series. I think they're also kind of pitching ideas and seeing what would be cool. And they're not necessarily saying it has to tie into the rest of this, you know, universe that we've created over all these years. And I, you know, I, I, I think discovery, I really like discovery. Some people are torn about discovery. Um, I like it. I like how this third season, they're jumping a thousand years in the future. So they could pretty much do anything they want, which yeah. I find intriguing and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the other series that they're developing, um, I can't think of the name of it now. Uh, it's a secret organization. Uh, section 31. Yeah, Section 31. That one I'm less interested in. Yeah, uh, maybe because the main character is really not appealing to me at all. Uh, yeah. She makes a good foil for our, you know, for Michael, but... And I'm I, still... I still struggle with the girl's name, Michael. It still bothers me. <laughs> I know it shouldn't, but yeah. it really does bother me. I'm like, why, why is it Michael? I mean, is it... Just, I don't know one female named Michael anywhere. That's a hundred percent a boy's wasn't, name. Wasn't one of the bangles called Michael? Mm-hmm. I'm checking it with me now. Pretty sure that the drum of the bangles was called Michael. But anyway, that's that's a. I think it was fairly... Ringo. It was Ringo, wasn't it? <laughs> bangles, Beatles, same thing. Uh, you're funny. You're funny. But, funny. But yeah. Um, oh no! You, Hang on a minute. No. Obviously, with with the Mandalorian. Yeah. Star Wars is also kind of going a little bit this route and I applaud it. I just wonder if there's actually a plan. And I think it's, and I know we've hammered on this before. I really, really believe in, in my heart of hearts that they need to get rid of Kathleen Kennedy. I just don't think she's a good shepherd for Star Wars on any yeah. level at all. Just, I think Kevin yeah. Faggy should just completely take over Star yeah. Wars, but I almost don't want to do that because Marvel is doing such great stuff. Did you see the commercial for the upcoming Disney Plus series from Marvel? WandaVision, uh, Winter Soldier, Falcon, and Loki. I have seen a, I've seen some bits of WandaVision already, but I haven't seen the rest of them. Well, there was a 30-second bit that shows clips from all three. All right. I think I might have seen that, but uh, it was it's such a blur of images. Yeah, really, you can't take a whole lot out really of it. You can take much out of it, yeah. We're... we're four months from uh falcon vision that's in august uh, i believe november or december is wandavision that one's the real the one that really has got me intrigued uh, yeah it's, it's kind of got a um what was it called that, well that that, that movie of, where they went into the sitcom yes and that yeah. that's kind of what it is and i'm thinking how how that works with wandavision i have no idea but yeah. i am super intrigued Again, 
Marvel doing something completely different. Yeah. Um, taking chances. Loki, I, it's going to be Loki. It's Tom Hiddleston. You know it's going to be great. Yeah. And it's the Loki before he kind of became a good guy, but not really. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is what you want. You want Loki as, a, as an evil trickster. Yes. Speaking yeah. of Loki as an evil trickster, yes. we're both watching the same series on Netflix called Ragnarok. Yeah. Now, this is um, this is foreign language. This was made for Norway by a Danish company. Um, and um, it's... it's very English, English audio dubs. Yeah. But it's well done. Yeah. It's well also, done. You know, I'll tell you one thing. that Leanne's watched a lot of these types of shows on Netflix. Yeah, one thing that annoys me about Netflix is that the subtitles don't match the dub. And it's really irritating. She likes to have the subtitles on as well. And what they say on the audio dub is different from what they say in the subtitles. It oh, I couldn't be handle done that. Separately. Yeah, it's really annoying. Yeah, um, I couldn't do that. I don't, I don't turn on the subtitles. The only subtitles that automatically pop up is if they have writing yeah. that's crucial to you know yeah. the story. And it will show you the English translation. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but I've, I'm, I'm into... The second episode, I'm about halfway through. They're at the high school party right now. Right. Um, the basic premise of the show is this family, mother and two sons, come back to the hometown that they left many years ago, 10 years ago, after a tragedy that killed their father. We don't know what the tragedy is. We don't know the circumstances. Uh, it's, it's based around Norse mythology. Yeah. There's bad guys who are supposed to be the frost giants. That's obvious. Yeah, they run um, the town. They run the yeah, town. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the, the sons are Thor and Loki, although at this point they don't know that yet, No, but the kid they got to play Loki so far, I'm super impressed with. He's really good, isn't he? Yeah. He's a little fucker, man. Yeah, he is. And, and of course, you know, he's kind of like, yeah, he's imagine what, what like a young Loki would be. He's a bit, and he, you know, he's got the same, yeah, he's got that whole mischievous, doesn't give a damn, constantly giving his brother disrespects. You know, always willing to go over the line for a joke or for a prank or just because he feels like it. Um, and he's he's got the performance just down, and he, he oh, kind yeah. of has that. He, they've they've styled him in a in a similar way to like Tom Hiddleston with the long hair and the yep. you know the black hair and all of that. And you know, and and he's he's flirting with the. You know he's 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 messing around with the with the bad guys as well as much as he's spending time with the good with the notional good guys. So, and, you know. and he's definitely the trickster because that in the comic books or at least in North mythology, Loki was never really evil. He was a trickster. Yeah, he played both sides of the same fence to his own advantage. That's who he was. Yeah, and this kid, this actor, they've got to play him. It still bothers me watching 22- and 25-year-olds play high schoolers, but whatever. Yeah. Um, that's just going to happen. The kid that they got playing um, the Thor archetype is very good. Yeah. Uh, that was the one I was like, eh, I don't know. But they've done a very – he's done a very good job. Very square-jawed, big guy. Plays it dumb but not stupid. Yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying that character as well. The one that I like the most, they kill off right at the beginning. I'm like, oh, I kind of <laughs> like that person. Um, but I'm enjoying the series. I'm going to watch the whole thing. Yeah. I know yeah. this is only the first season. I don't know if another season's already out. Netflix just doesn't have the rights to it yet, or this is just it for now. Yeah, but it's good. It's And definitely, if you're into, um, in, into the Marvel, I think... I, I, I think I'm actually before we started. It's not. It's it's got some negative reviews in in Norway, and apparently that's because they don't like what they've done with the mythology. They're mixing 
more than just regular old Norse mythology in it. And I think a lot of people who know it, like from growing up, probably don't like that. It's, it's veering more towards, you know, we'll take the bits we want and then we'll throw in other things as well. Well, that's um, fine with me, though. Well, yeah, we are, look, we... we <laughs> We like we like the Marvel universe where they basically just lifted the whole thing and turned them all into superheroes. Yeah, which is 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 obviously not what uh, th- that mythology is all about. Gods, it's not about superheroes. So, uh, well, they made you know. they made the gods an alien species. Really, that's what yeah. you know. That's what the Asgardians are. So, um, uh, so, what's interesting about this is that is that the uh, the guys playing the the giants. Yeah, and and giants in um, in Norwegian mythology just kind of means uh, like monsters or trolls or something. It doesn't actually mean they have to be giants. Yeah, um, that's kind of a mistranslation. But the giants basically, uh, their attitude is is well, we're not evil either. You know, the gods were the ones who came along and messed everything up. We were here before, and um, you know, we just do our thing. We just do what we do, which is quite interesting as well. They're not, you know, they're they're not Machiavellian or evil in that respect, which is quite good. And they don't have the same human emotions, which I find a, a kind of a neat concept as well. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I think, you know, if you guys are listening and you're like us, I think you'd enjoy it too. That's why we bring this up because yeah. I think it's definitely worth watching. Um, we're always looking for something fun and new and cool. And if you guys know of something that we haven't talked about, there's a good chance that we haven't seen it. Let us know. Um, Send us an email. We're still, we're still using the TechFan one. I haven't set up one for this yet, but just the show at techfanpodcast.com. Um, there was another one, kind of a superhero-ish thing, called Raising Dion. I don't know if you watched it or not. I've seen this trailer for it. I've not actually watched it yet. Um, it didn't seem very appealing to me at first. You know, I saw the trailers, too, and I was like, yeah, I don't know kind of a, a an urban superhero but he's a little kid and seems to have some kind of powers and uh, i know the executive producer um why i cannot think of his name now uh black actor was in black panther the bad guy michael jordan oh, michael jordan uh who's a really really good actor i really like everything michael jordan's in um he played Creed, Apollo Creed's son in those yeah. movies. He, gr- really good actor. I like him a lot. And I know he's an executive producer, and I knew he was in the show briefly, but I thought, well, that's probably to kickstart it. They're going to use his fan or his stardom to bring a little bit of attention. Um, but the lady who plays the mom, beautiful woman, and the kid are very good actors. Mm-hmm. And it starts out one way, and it goes a different way at the end, which caught me by surprise. I didn't see that coming, uh, but it was actually pretty good. I got a, it. Was it great? No, it wasn't great. But I watched the entire first season, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, to the point where I would definitely watch the second season. Um, it was better than expected, and for a lot of shows. Especially after you watch a trailer and then you watch a series and you're like, "Oh, that was better than expected." Yeah, uh, I think that's a I think that's a positive, don't you? Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, I mean, look, all of these things you can you can try and step back from them and assess them as as you know how do they do they advance the art? Are they are they good TV? <laughs> you know, are they? Uh, and there are some things that are great TVs and will stand the set test of time, and then there are some things that are 
you know probably you even as you watch them you enjoy them but you recognize that they're not going to they're not going to be remembered in the future but that doesn't necessarily take anything away from enjoyment this is a, this is an entertainment medium after all yeah and sometimes the intrinsic value of these things is 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 immaterial it's whether you whether you enjoy it whether you get a kick out of it or not whether you look back on it fondly or not funnily enough my uh, my daughter has discovered <laughs> this is really bizarre has discovered full house on netflix oh, and she's boy. watching full house literally every episode back to back from the very beginning wow and she loves it she absolutely loves it now you know i can sit here and say well full house oh that was a bit cheesy that wasn't really that funny and and you know it's it's definitely also you watch it now it's also of its time in the way it's made you know the mm-hmm. the jokes are telegraphed so far ahead of time oh yeah yeah um but you know she's enjoying it so that does that mean that it's it's intrinsically not value not valuable if somebody can enjoy it no absolutely not so, well it's you know. a show that's it's a comedy with morality tales and yeah. That that goes back to the beginning of time when it comes to storytelling. And is it cheesy, 90s stuff? Yeah, big time. But it's not bad. The, the problem I have with it from uh, from a modern perspective now is that the, you know, and this this is often is a problem with older sitcoms, is the, the situation part of the situation comedy in Full House is horrible. And yet it's not ref- really reflected on the screen at all. They're all having a laugh and a joke. And you know what? Their mom died six months ago. Oh, dear. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the look at the comedy comedy that uh, Japes that's ensued now that he's had to have his friend, his brother move in because his wife died. Ha ha. Um, I find that a bit, a bit sick, really. But there you go. Yeah, I goes get over, it. Goes over Charlotte's head. She's only 10. Well, that... Um, and- She's actually the perfect age for a full house. That's kind of who they made it yeah. for. Yeah. A family and, and, show that they can the, the kids will enjoy, the the parents will enjoy to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh the parents would not watch it if they didn't have the kids there. Yeah. But they do but you also have to remember that it was made at a time where the family would get together in front of the television and watch something all together. Yeah. That's increasingly becoming less and less of a thing. Well, we yeah. did it yesterday, a new series came out called uh, Lego Masters. And it's a reality game show where they have, I don't know, it's like eight teams or something, and they all have to build something. There's no instructions. There's no... They got a... Like, the first episode was um, a theme park. And each had their own little part of the theme park that they had to build, and they could have anything. And Cole really likes Legos. He builds a lot of stuff in Legos. So I thought... You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna DVR the series for him. I didn't tell him anything about it until the first episode was. Well, we've had it for a couple of days now, and we watched it last night. He loved it. I mean, yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, Will Arnett is the uh, host, who of course does the Batman voice for the Lego movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just one of those shows that you're thinking, yeah, this is pretty good, and it's also somewhat tongue in cheek because at one point Will Arnett starts talking to contestants, and he's remarking that it's uncomfortable because he doesn't know these people, and he's supposed to have these real conversations, yeah, which are probably going to be interrupted by a commercial, and then a, a v, right then they go to a commercial, which was just <laughs> yeah. breaking that third wall, and when then they come yeah. back, and he's like, okay, the commercial's over, um, from companies who are 
trying to creatively market their product, and then he just looks at the camera because you're watching a show about Legos. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, good, it was, it's good to have the self awareness. It was. Um, it's actually it was actually based on a British format. Um, this this was done a couple of years ago in uh, on Channel Four here in the UK. Um, I don't know whether they've renewed it or not. I'm uh, starting to think that you guys over in England are the Simpsons. <laughs> You exactly. know the reference, yeah, yeah. We did yeah. it first. Uh, that's right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just pointing that out that I had seen uh-huh. the show because it was on here a couple of years ago on a British version. Um, I don't. America I is the hold my beer country, by the way. Well, sometimes and sometimes not. There, you have taken you have taken some things and made them quite a lot worse. Yeah, and some things they made better. Uh, I think The Office, for instance, was better than the... I watched both, and I think the U.S. one is better. The thing is, the the difference was was that with The Office, you guys took that concept and you turned it into, you know, a long-running series. The Mm -hmm. difference with the British version, it was never intended. It was meant... Each season was meant to be like a self-contained piece. Right, but the idea always was, well, we could do more or we couldn't. You know, but but each one is is self-contained. Whereas with the office in the states, is designed to be a multi-series. Let's make it as long as we can. Comedy. Yeah, but they also did a lot more character development because of that format. Exactly. And I think it yeah. worked a lot better. Yeah. No. For I, instance, don't get me the, wrong. The, I, I the main character for the UK one is not redeemable. He is just a dick. But that is the point. <laughs> I know it's the point, and and they started that way with the American one until people actually liked the character, so they. They started developing that character better. That's what Steve Carell's entire career yeah. was based on. And I, I, mean, I think I think that's a that's a British tradition. I'm watching the thick of it at the moment, which is the se- the series that was then developed into Veep that I know you like. No, I don't watch Veep. I thought I thought you watched Veep. Nope, not oh, once. Oh, it, it, I, I've watched previews of it and it holds no appeal to me oh, right okay sorry my my mistake i definitely talked to somebody one of my american friends who was really into veep um but anyway uh the difference there again is that um veep ran for many seasons in the states uh whereas the thick of it was designed to be again a uh, a self-contained thing focusing on a particular time of the british government and consequently, some of the characters in the thick of it are, they're funny, they're he- hilariously funny, but they are horrible, horrible people. Yeah. And you, you, you know, you want to see them squirm because they're so horrible. And of course, that's exactly what it delivers. And they are, they are, um, you know, exagger- exaggerated satir- satirical characters or what we think some of the people in the British government used to be like. The problem, the, when you say it's a veep, you can't do that because you want it to be a long running show. And, Armando Iannucci, who did it, was is very clever in taking that and turning it to something else. Um, Do you ever watch this stuff on YouTube? Uh, there's a group called the Corridor Crew or something like that, uh, and they kind of hit this. They've been on YouTube for a while, but they were never very big, and then they came out with this new series on YouTube called VFS, VFX Artists React, and they bring in these uh, special effects artists, including themselves, because that's kind of what they do. And they react to both good and bad special effects in movies. Right. I'm totally addicted to the show. Yeah. And now they're doing a stuntman react. So they'll bring in stuntmen and show them good stuntmen stuff and bad. 
And I find stuff like that really, really interesting. Have you ever watched any of that stuff? I haven't, no. You, just, you should. Yeah. It's, yeah, good. They, they give you uh, insights into, for instance, they just did a multi-part, well, I think it was only two-part, Lord of the Rings, because they mm-hmm. keep getting that request and they hadn't done it yet. And they are genuinely, and they'll show you how the special effects actually work, yeah. which is good, too. I like that. Uh, but when it comes to geeky stuff, you don't get any more geekier than special effects artists reacting to special effects. Uh, like you remember the, uh, the rock and, uh, Dwayne Johnson and Scorpion, Scorpion King. Yeah. And that was when, bad CGI. Oh my God. And they actually yeah. fixed it somewhat. They, they right. cleaned it up a little bit. Uh, that was pretty good, but they'll, their reactions to some of the CGI is just so funny. Well, I mean, yeah, you're always going to get a good, a best reaction for somebody who knows how to do what's been done. Because they well, see- but they do give credit where credits yeah. do when they're like, okay, this was at a time where special effects was very difficult. You know, yeah. they'll talk about stuff like that, and and Lord of the Rings is a perfect example. We forget that this was made before computer generated effects could do a lot of the stuff they can do today. So much, I mean, for instance, the Hobbits. Now they would just digitally shrink them, right? Yeah. Well, they didn't do that back in the day. There's a really good example of uh, Gandalf and Frodo sitting at a table. And they show how they did it. And there was this table that was a lot longer than you thought it was. And it was segmented. And it was just fascinating. Or another one where um, Frodo walks into a room and Gandalf comes in behind him and clunks his head on the thing. And yeah. has this... Well, it was actually multiple shots, and they just put it together. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wow, that was amazing, because in the movie, I had no idea. So they show you know, the practical side of special effects and marvel at how good it is. And a lot of it still holds up. The big digital effect, obviously, in those movies was Golem. Yeah. And, you know, could it be better today? Yeah, it would actually be a lot better. But we accept it for what it is watching it now because, well, it's been out there for a while and that's our our vision of what it is. But the phenomenal job that they did with the archaic technology at the time, it was it's it's fascinating stuff. I, I love yeah, watching and, that and, series. And let's face it, um, the guy who played Gollum, um, he he basically has, you know, he's built a career and a studio on you know the the work of motion capture, which was. Had not really been done like that before, Lord. Not to that extent, no. Yeah, and um, you know, to create a whole computerized character based on somebody's performance, and he's like the, you know, the world's leading expert on it. And the stuff he's doing nowadays, because he did the um, the apes in the ape series, didn't he, and, and things yeah. like that. Yeah, Planet it's, of the it's, Apes. Yeah, it's just it's just phenomenal compared yeah. to what they did back then. Which but, we never talk about those movies, yeah. by the way. The new Planet of the Ape movies. I hated the old ones. Yeah. They were so stupid, so over-the-top acting, and it was just bad. Um, but the new series, and I hate James Franco, and the series starts with him. And I'm like, oh, I hate that guy so much. He's such a bad actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who decided he gets to be a movie star, but whatever. Um, but each one of the movies gets better than the last one. It's a phenomenal series. Yeah. And they release them like, oh, there's a new one coming out. Well, it's been like eight years since the last one. Yeah, we're doing another one. Oh, I'm in. They're all good. 
Yeah, yeah, no, they're uh, they're really really good. Quite high, very high quality storytelling and filmmaking, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like that they finally in Marvel, anyways, they gave uh, Andy a, an actual on camera role as Claw. Yeah. yeah. Although they didn't really take the character, well, I was hoping they were going to take him, but still. Yeah, I think he's done some. Um, I think he has done some, you know, regular stuff where he's he's got more to do, as yeah. well. But um, you know, clearly, motion capture is his thing. Yep. You know, so uh, he's he gets paid well for it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a peculiar looking fella. So there's a yeah. <laughs> um, there's a movie that I I think people are probably expecting us to talk about. I haven't watched it. I don't know if I want to go to the movie theaters to watch it. I think I'm probably going to wait till it comes out on video, and that's Birds of Prey, hmm. uh, the Harley Quinn movie. Just it just dropped, and it's getting really great reviews. The people are saying it's it's the it's finally the first action movie that's really good from DC. I would suggest that Shazam was that movie. Yeah. I think Shazam was fantastic. We've talked about that on Tech Fan, how much we both really like Shazam. Um, but I don't know if I want to go to the theaters to see this Harley Quinn movie. It, it's got everything that I would you would think that we would like. It's got good characters, good action, uh, a good bad guy. I just, I don't know. I, I see the previews and I'm like, yeah, uh, that's one that I'll wait till the video comes out here at home. Yeah, Alexander's very keen to see it. Um, I don't know whether we're going to have time because we're going away next week. Um, we're probably not going to have time to see it while we're in Florida. Yeah, speaking of which, I'm going to have to... We're either going to take a two-week break or I'm going to find someone else to do yeah. the show with or I might do a solo. I don't know yet. We are we are doing a family trip to go visit my mother who winters in Florida. So um, that should be, be nice. That'll be fun. Now, one of the things we're going to do, I haven't told the kids this yet, um, is we're going to go up to Orlando and spend the day at the Universal Harry Studios Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah. So I, um, I saw that from a distance. Well, not too much of a distance. I was inside the theme park. We yeah. just didn't go in. Well, I was visiting a friend, uh, Mark Thornton. Uh, actually, we didn't go into the theme park. We Because there, there's a couple restaurants right there that you can go into. Yeah. Uh, we went into uh, Bubble Gum Shrimp or Bubble Shrimp or something Bubba, like that. Bubble Shrimp. Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. I've eaten there in, yeah. uh, in San Francisco. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I've been there in San Francisco. I've been the one right on uh, uh, Santa Monica Pier. Mm-hmm. And then I've eaten the one in Orlando. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, good stuff, though. I, li- I, I like seafood, so. Yeah. You know that. But it's, it's you look out the window or standing in the line right there, and there's Hogwarts. Yeah. And. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, which, by the way, we're going to have to do a we'll have to do a thing on Harry Potter. Yeah, um, yeah. I think our love for the original movies and books, and then, which I could only assume is true with you, the massive disappointment of the new series. Yeah, I, well, to be honest with you, I quite enjoyed the first one. Um, yeah. The second one, I was wanted a mess. to, but the I, I could sum up the 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 problem with the whole series right now. The main actor is dreadful. Well, you don't like um, you don't like um, Eddie Redmayne. He's an okay actor. The character is so god awful boring. Yeah, they, that I don't kind care. Of made him a little bit dull. That that is true. Um, it's all it's all about 
supposed to be about the fantastical beasts but the problem is they kind of get shoehorned in in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense to the plot as i said i kind of enjoyed the first one i thought it you know it, it should have been a standalone movie and it would have yeah. been better it's as, worse now because of the second movie yeah as a standalone movie i thought it was okay you know um really quite enjoyed it i thought they kind of wound things up and finished it up at the end of the movie quite well mm-hmm. but yeah the second one is just a disaster an absolute disaster i'm um, tired of this going back this is my scary part about star wars they keep going back to the time before the last movie yeah uh, can we just move forward that's why i'm excited about star trek discovery they're going a thousand years in the future yeah i'm tired of well, okay, now we got to have the origin story of the movie that the guy that was die- he just died in the new movie. I'm tired of that. Stop doing that. And not not only that, there is. I, I know that J.K. Rowling initially said that she wasn't going to do any more after Harry Potter finished, and then she did, and she's done quite a lot. And this is part of it as well. What I don't understand is why why not do the more interesting thing? What what about the after? You've had two. Effectively, you had two Wizarding World Wars, yeah, right, by the same guy. The fallout from that must be immense in the Wizarding World. And, you know, why not do a thing where the, the Muggle world kind of noticed something was going on as well? Yeah. Why not explore that and do something with that rather than, oh, well, let's go back and find out how all these characters got started. Yeah, nobody you know? cares about how they got started. No, and not only that, even... Um, I forget what the guy's name, what the character's name in, in Fantastical Beasts is, Fantastic Beasts. But the thing is, he wasn't even like, it was a, it was an off, off, offshoot reference in one of the books that that was yeah. a textbook. He was never established as being central to a lot of these early events. No. Yeah. The whole Grindelwald thing would came up, um, only in the final book or yep. the final two books. Yeah. It, it feels like a reach. And they cut certainly. Oh, it's a massive reach. Yeah, and second, certainly the second one definitely comes across as a as a reach, a massive reach, and it's just like, you know, and 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 the problem is at this point you start thinking, well, you'd have thought, how come the Wizarding World, which has existed for thousand years, has never really got a handle on this dark wizard problem, right? (laughs) You know. You would have thought they would have a way of dealing with it rather than letting him get the drop on everybody like the next one will do. Yeah, and nearly wipe out everything and then everyone has to sacrifice a whole load of stuff to stop him. It's just like, please, it's been done. It, yeah. it's, it's it's like, the, the problem is, it's like a bad retread of the Harry Potter movies, the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Um, and it's the sort of thing, you know, you, there used to be, a, a, I think they're still going, there used to be a studio that whenever... A big movie franchise came out. They would do a knockoff that went straight to video. Yeah, do you remember? You you, you know what I'm talking about. So they yes, would do they something do. that kind of looked like um, Avatar, had blue people in it on an yep. alien planet, but it wasn't quite the same. And they always skirted just the edge of uh, the copyright in order to be able to turn around and say it was uh, you know. But effectively, that's what they did. But Fantastic Beast comes across like that. It's like I agree. Somebody's doing a bad copy of Harry Potter. You know, using different characters, and it's yep. um, it, that that misses all the charm and the you know the intrigue and the characters, yeah, and the good plot and the good pacing and the it, it, they're just it's just bad. Um, I I agree with you. I 
I know J.K. Rowling's under a different name now, pseudonym, is writing new books, and I guess they're detective novels or something. I have no interest in that at all. Yeah, to, to be honest, the Stripe books she's done are, are actually not too bad, but and it is it is different. But the thing is, it's it's yeah, it's completely different genre. So if you're not into the you're not into the detective genre, that's not going to approach. You're not going to appeal to you at all. I just don't think that that's her strong suit. I think world building is her strong suit. Uh, I think she still loves her characters. I th- I think a part of her wants to go back to Harry Potter and revisit those characters, and I think she will eventually. I think you're going to get, if not one book, a new series of books based on after those books. I, yeah. I really do think and that. And you know what? That's the sort of thing that would make a great long-form TV series. Mm-hmm. You know, why not Harry Potter in the Ministry of Magic? Well, somebody just wrote an article about uh, Warner Brothers. I think they're joining up with CBS All Access. Yeah. Um, And they're creating their own movie and television studios to support the online streaming. Well, they own the stuff to Harry Potter. I mean, what the hell are those actors doing now anyways? Well, you, you couldn't get them for relatively penance? Uh, Daniel, I mean, Daniel Radcliffe is a busy boy nowadays. He's Nah, quite, but he's, he's well. doing most of his trash. Yeah, I've watched he, a lot of his stuff. But and you know why? Good. I think the thing is, is that he has enough money that he can do what he wants to do. So he does what he wants to do. If they asked him to come back for a Harry Potter TV series for CBS All Access or Warner All Access, whatever you want to call it, I think he would jump at it. You think? Oh, are you kidding me? In a heartbeat. I in think, a heartbeat. I think they should. Or uh, how about here? Here's an idea. Yeah, doing that. And, and this girl is became. She, well, she was pretty as a young kid, but she is a beautiful woman now. The the girl who did Luna Lovecraft or Luna. Yeah. Uh, how about a series based on Luna? As an adult, could yeah. you imagine how intriguing that would be? Mm. That would be. There you go. There. So there's a good character, an actress who isn't really working much. Um. Loves the Harry Potter fan base. She caters to them big time. Uh, has a very intriguing look. And I think the character herself, Luna, is a fantastic character. I think you could have her living with Neville Longbottom and do it as a sitcom. Maybe as black and white. You could call it Luna Vision. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just her going on an adventure, you know? Yeah. There, something happens and she wants to go out and rescue her father or I don't know something her best friend and well, along would, that way would, you could her, have it would be her pet her, yeah there you go it will be and then pet, and, and then along the way of this adventure six six episodes Harry Potter shows up in one of them yeah she goes to Harry because he's a he's a cop now and I think that would be great. Something like that. And you, you can't tell me that Daniel Radcliffe wouldn't come in for an episode of that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much. The, I think always it's always a problem if you're associated with something from, from a young age. I think the reason he does the stuff he does now that doesn't really appeal to you is because he's probably working very hard to avoid being typecast well, as forever. Harry I get Potter. it. No, I get it. Uh, he's He's failing miserably at it. Other actors, like Chris Helmsworth, he's not stuck in the Thor type of thing. Look what he did in the female Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. yeah it was great. He, he was the only thing that was good he, in that he movie. He didn't grow up in that, though. That's the problem. Yeah. And we watched him grow up as Harry Potter. He'll always be Harry Potter to yeah. an entire yeah. generation and, of and people. Then, and then some of the other, like, for instance, Rupert Grint, who played 
uh, Ron Weasley. The problem is he just looks like Ron Weasley. <laughs> yes. I saw a movie where he was a kind of a drug addict and got into trouble. It's a good movie, but the entire time it's, wow, this is sad. Ron Weasley got into yeah. drugs. I guess, um, I guess Hermione has managed to break away. I can't she, think of one thing I've seen her in. She was in Beauty and the Beast, the live-action remake. Yeah, but that's the same character. <laughs> She's not the same character. There's no, no magic kind of, in Beauty kind, and the kind Beast. Kind of is. Oh, she, no, a, a giant walking beast. That's no, not no, magical no, she, at all, She's David. not magical in it. That's the thing. She reads books. Yeah. And, and they're teacups not spell sing books. to her. Um, I never actually saw the live-action. It has no appeal to me. Um <laughs> I don't know. I I just think that there's a lot of storytelling post uh, the movies and the books that I would love to see explored. The the difficulty is, and and don't get me wrong, I'm no I'm no writer by uh, I'm talking by I'm talking about fiction writer by any stretch of the imagination. But the difficulty is and this this Star Wars is a very, very good example of this because we all know that whatever he said, George Lucas, when he came up with the idea for Star Wars and the plot of Star Wars and everything, was those were sketched out characters. It was meant to be a Saturday morning serial. It was not meant to be an epic multi-movie spanning franchise correct yeah? and so there were there were asides made and things mentioned and everything like that all had to be retconned later because it turned into what it was and the difficulty with doing that is that you are you've boxed yourselves into some pretty stupid corners because when you're coming up with the backstory for these characters you just basically they're sketches they're not real and then you had to try and fill that in and stay within the parameters you always sketch. Other other writers who want to know before they're going in that they're creating uh, a world or a franchise will sit down and do a whole biography of all the different characters that they can then call on as they tell stories about them in going forward. And it's easier to go back then. The difficulty is, is if you're working off these thumbnail sketches you're always going to be hemmed in. There's always going to be things that don't make sense. You're always going to have to make these um, kind of leaps of logic and storytelling to try and make everything tie together. Because when you thumbnailed one character, you weren't th- you weren't thinking about the thumbnail you made for the other one, so they don't link up. Yeah, particularly when you when when they put some, want to put some of these characters in the same storytelling space, which you often want to do. And you know, if you did a the, the history of Darth Vader, but there was nobody else from Star Wars in it, that would be less interesting than what they tried to do, which was to try and bring all these other characters along for the ride. So that's why, in my view, it's always better if you're doing if you haven't done the back work to establish the world and the backstories of these people, is to Don't go forward. It. Yep, you know, and build off 100%. the consequences of what you've already done rather yep. than do prequels. Yeah. yeah. I think prequels, by their very nature, is more of a money grab. Yeah. I, I can't think of one series or one movie that I thought, man, I really want to see how this all really started. I want to see the history. Of, I, I can't think of one. Even Not one. Even Maybe the, Jaws. Yeah. Even this year, right? They're going to they're gonna do a black <laughs> They went right by you, didn't it? Huh? I said that went right by you. It did, yes. Yes, Jaws. Jaws I want to see yeah. Jaws's origin. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 Guppy size. That's right. Yeah, you're abused by the other fish, so it gets that's a bad right. Attitude. Yeah, and 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 intriguingly, right. it ties into Finding Dory. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> Who knew that was a shared universe? Yeah, well. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I mean, even this year, they're doing a Black Widow movie this year. Now, don't get me wrong. I could watch Scarlett Johansson be the Black Widow all day. Sure. Yeah, she's a great actress. It's a great character. But it's going to be her origin story. We kind of know well, her origin story. I don't think it really is her origin story. I think it's the consequences of her origin well, story. Yeah, but you know what? It's going to be... Yeah, they're going to yeah, show the history. So they're going to show the history. Something's going to come back. She's going to fight it all. And at the end, she's going to be back to where she was at the Avengers. Yeah. It, it, it's still a... Con- const- however well they do with it, it's still a constrained box. It will be far oh, more interesting to see uh, a post... Um, you know, a post Thanos, uh, uh, Scar- uh, Black Widow story, except they can't do that because they killed her off. Yep. <laughs> you know, so this is all they can do. But again, that's, all, that's about putting yourself in a box, isn't it? Well, the way that they established her in the last movie, that she was so distraught of everything that happened, that the Avengers became her family. Her whole job is to run the Avengers. I mean, that's what she was doing. You know, even off-world with Captain Marvel, she was in charge. Yeah. They became her family, and she sacrificed herself to bring everyone back and make the family happy and whole again. And it was great. It was a perfect arch for that character. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, they should have left her alone. And I think the problem that they ran into is Marvel kept promising they're going to have a standalone Black Widow movie, and we didn't need one they now. Sh- well, they sh- yeah, they should have done it earlier. And, and of course, yes. they have... They have diversity problems as well that have been that have been expressed about the Marvel Universe, so they want to try and address that. But yeah, they had what she she first appeared in the second Iron Man movie, so they had yep. eight, eight years to do something and they didn't. And now we're getting something which yeah. don't, we should be grateful for. But by the same token, it no, would, I'm tired of that. We should be grateful for it. I don't want to be grateful for it. You should have done that a long time ago. Well, I guess when Scott, when this story would have had more impact. Yeah, I guess Scarlett Johansson's grateful for it. It's a joke. Well, you know what I watched for the second time just recently? Lucy. Yeah, it's a great movie. I think that's the one, right? There, where she gets injected with that with, stuff. With the and stuff, and then she, yeah. yeah. That was so much better than I remembered watching yeah. it the first well, time. I, I enjoyed it the first time. I thought it was great. It was, yeah, that's it a good movie. Really, if, really if you she, if, she if you're not listening, kicks ass like nobody else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you uh, haven't seen Lucy, it's definitely one to Morgan Freeman's in it. And he's great. Um, it, it's a girl that's not altogether too bright. Gets injected with this stuff that increases her brain activity to the point where. Well, she, well just turns, watch the movie. Turns into a superhero. <laughs> Basically, and, C- and then, pretty much, yeah. But but then it, the thing is, it doesn't stop. It's it, the the great it thing about to go. yeah. The great thing about this this movie is that the premise is that she gets this stuff that everybody's after that turns her into a a superhero. But it just keeps it keeps expanding, expanding, and it's like what's going to happen at the end. It's it's a it's a truly great movie from a great director. Uh, yeah, it's, um, and it's a movie that you'll yeah. never see a sequel to. Yeah. It's it was really good, and there's a shocker, isn't it? Well, so few movies nowadays don't leave don't leave an opening for a sequel. Well, yeah. we have a sequel that's going to be in a couple of weeks, most yeah. likely to uh, the next episode. David is going to be gone for two weeks, so either I'll do an, uh, a single episode, we'll take a couple of weeks vacation, or I'll have a guest. If you want a guest with me on a uh, an episode here, let me know. Hit me up. 
you find me on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, send a show to the show at techfanpodcast.com. And uh, this is either for next week or the week after. Okay. So the te- next two weeks, I'm looking for a co-host. We can record on a Sunday and let me know because David won't be here. He's going to be exploring the decadence that is the United States of America. <laughs> I'm terrified. What with, what with coronavirus? Yeah, and, I, and good Trump. thing you're not on any tra- uh, uh, <laughs> ships right now. Yeah, exactly, uh, and then and then I'm going to to first of all a Republican heartland, which is South Florida, when he's yeah. just just uh, been vindicated. Yeah. Oh no, that's not the word. What's the words he uses all the time? Exonerated. I've just been exonerated. Um, you know, so all those people will be g'd up. I'm terrified, frankly. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> All right, David, I'll see you in three weeks. See you then. Bye.